Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. David Novak, it's great to be back with you. How are you? I'm doing great, Kula, and I'm really looking forward to this one because we're diving into the conversation we had with Dr. Bob Grossman, the CEO of NYU Langone Health. You know, Bob led one of the great turnarounds in the medical industry when he took over as CEO. This hospital was doing about $2 billion in revenue. He's grown that to $11 billion and created an institution that is studied as the premier model of how to run a patient-centered, successful health organization. And I have to tell you, I have interviewed a lot of CEOs, and Bob Grossman is one of the very best. The conversation you had with Bob was fascinating. You know, whenever I listen to a conversation you have with someone in the medical industry, my ears always kind of perk up because we've talked about it before, but there was a point in my life where I thought I was going to go to medical school. So I've always taken an interest in how people with medical backgrounds run organizations. And Dr. Bob Grossman is an unbelievable template for how somebody should run a healthcare organization. Well, you know, what's really interesting about Bob is he never really had leadership positions, uh, you know, as, as it relates to being a manager of a big organization. But his instincts, the things he just did instinctually and does instinctually is what really sets him apart. You know, he may not know it, but he is he's a born leader. You can certainly tell that he's a born leader in that episode, and I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. Even if you aren't interested in the medical field, it is a masterclass in leadership and aligning people around a vision. For today, though, we've got three questions to go through. Are you ready, David? Let's go. When Bob came to NYU and joined the radiology department, the entire institution was in decline, and the radiology department was also in pretty bad shape. Through Bob's leadership, though, the radiology department soon became one of the top departments in the hospital. David, what advice can you give leaders who enter into a similar scenario and want to build a department of excellence in an overall environment that's on the decline? Well, the first thing I would say is it's not going to decline anymore because I'm here and we're going to go for greatness. I think you have to really define a vision of greatness that people want to get excited about and they want to come work with you because they know if they do, they're going to be a part of something special. You know, I've always said this, nobody wants to wake up every day and be a part of something mediocre. They want to be a part of something great. And, you know, as a leader, you know, you may have a small chunk of a company that may be not doing that well, but the way how you can really separate yourself is to take that uh, piece of the business that you have and make it great. And once you do that, you're going to get a lot of recognition uh, for your team. And I think it'll ultimately come back to you because people will see you know how to create something and grow something. In the episode, Bob talks about how in order to turn that specific department around, he created and tapped into the aspirational vision of the individuals in the department who wanted to be great. So David, to your point earlier, I truly do believe that everybody has it in them to be great and everyone has an innate desire to be part of something great. And so Bob talks about how before his time in the radiology department, no one really tapped into that. No one really looked at the team members and said, hey, I know that you want to take this to the next level. I know you want to be great. 
we're going to go there. They just kind of hummed along doing the same thing that they had done previously. And so I think there's such value and just calling that out of the people that are on your team and really aligning the team on this vision to be great. You know, pride is a powerful motivator. And when you can tap into the pride that people have in their own performance, I think that's when you get the best out of people. Question number two. When Bob took over as the CEO of the medical center, he made a lot of changes. In fact, in just one day, he fired the CFO, the president, the vice president, the chief medical officer, and the head of HR. Now, that's a really bold move for a new CEO to come in and fire all of the executive leadership. But in the end, Bob was right. And I want to hear from you, David. How do you get the courage and conviction to do the thing that you believe is right when you know it might be met with resistance? <laughs> well, that's a lot of people, and I'm sure it shocked the system. But one thing for sure is it said there's a new sheriff in town and things are going to be different around here. But the thing is, when Bob let these people go, he let them go because he had been seeing them do their job for a number of years as he was running the radiology department. He knew that they were, weren't competent from his perspective. He knew they weren't going to be on his team. And he knew that he could go out and recruit better people to do the job. And so, yeah, it was a bold move, but it was a move that he knew he had to make. And, you know, when you know you have to make a move, the sooner you can make it, the better. And I think that's exactly what Bob did in, in that situation. Now, he had some people who said, you can't do this. There's no way you could fire all these people all at once. Take your time. Well, you're going to get that kind of resistance, but sometimes you have to follow your gut. And I tell you, more times than not, those same people that said you shouldn't have moved so fast will come back to you and say six months later, boy, I'm really glad you did that because you know what? This place is really moving in the right direction. So, you know, I, I, I hate slow nose. I hate death by pinpricks. You know, I think if you once you make a decision, make that decision and get on with it. This is kind of a, a question to be for you. So in Bob's time as CEO, he's done a lot of things decisively on his own, meaning he makes tough decisions without necessarily getting buy-in or alignment from his team. And I'm curious, David, is was there a time during your career at Young Brands where you made a decision kind of in isolation that you knew was right, but you did it anyway because you knew that people would eventually know that you were right? Uh, yeah, I would say recognition was a big thing that I did. You know, I I gave away all kinds of fun awards as a, as a leader, you know, floppy chickens at KFC, cheese heads at Pizza Hut, you know, people always going, oh, man, you're supposed to be the president. You should be barely serious about the business. Well, you know, I was serious about the business, but I didn't take myself too seriously. And I also felt that it was very important that you recognize people. And ultimately, everybody else in the organization realized that I was right in that particular situation. You know, I didn't ask for a lot of agreement as to how I was going to treat people and how I was going to recognize people. That was just part of my DNA and something that I was going to do. You know, the thing about Bob Gross, he realizes the power of shocking the system. I mentioned that word earlier. You know, when you become a leader, if you can do the things will, that will set you apart and let people know that things are going to be different and things are going to be better, man, I tell you what, people will pay attention and they'll really start to follow you.
Like one simple thing that he did is the elevator system at NYU is terrible. You'd wait forever to catch an elevator. He fixed that right off the bat. He didn't know how much money it was going to cost. He just said, fix the elevators because it was the right thing to do. It drove productivity and it made, makes, made good sense. That's why I say Bob is really a great instinctual leader, but he's also smart as a whip. I mean, this guy is incredibly smart. And he uses his instincts and his smarts. And I think that leads him to the best decisions more times than not. He talks in the episode about anytime a leader steps into a new position as a leader, you have to just get going immediately. And that's what he did with that elevator story that you just shared. And I believe it's part of the reason why he's taken NYU Langone Health to such great success. Question number three. I love the episode when Bob says that in order to create value and energy. You have to break down the silos and encourage cross-pollination. David, do you have a story from your time at Yum Brands where value was created by encouraging cross-functional collaboration among teams? You know, I think the biggest mindset that I tried to set up at Yum Brands was the concept of one plus one equals three. There's no way that you can do anything by yourself. You need someone else to help you get things done. You need a team to help you get things done. In some cases, you need an entire organization to get something done. And, you know, having the belief that you can't do it alone, I think, is the first thing that really drives collaboration because you're basically telling everybody you can't do it alone. And if you can't do it alone and you're the CEO of the company or you're the leader of your team, that means the other other people are going to have a heck of a hard time doing it as well. And, you know, I think the best way to drive collaboration is when you see it, recognize it. You know, when teams would get together and 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 get the right kind of expertise to make the very best decisions, you know, I always recognize those teams for, for having the... Uh, ability to really look at the kind of uh, talents that they needed to have on their team to get to the best possible result. And I would recognize them for it either by just basically giving them a pat on the back or even promoting the person that put the team together. Last but not least, I think one of the things that drives collaboration is the sense that you really need to be a know-how builder. Know-how builders don't think they know everything. They know that they got to go outside to get the expertise from other people to help them get to the best possible results. And that's why, you know, we really assessed all our leaders on their ability to be know-how builders and expand their knowledge by really demonstrating the one plus one equals three mentality. That's great, David. I love the, the sense of unity and alignment that a collaborative environment creates. It's somewhat intangible, but it just feels better to be part of that environment than one where the salespeople never, never talk to the tech people or the marketing folks don't ever talk to the product people. It's just more fun to be a part of a team that works together and that understands the real value in that one plus one equals three mindset. You know, I did a podcast with Jeff Colvin. He's the managing editor for Fortune magazine, and he wrote this book, uh, Humans Are Underrated. And, you know, he poses a very provocative question, you know, with AI heading where it's heading and computers being what they are today, you know, why are humans even necessary? And he said, well, they do two things that a computer will never do. Number one, 
Humans are empathetic. They're sensitive to situations, people, needs, and that empathy, you know, allows people to solve problems and, and, and make the world better. And number two, humans collaborate. You know, they can work with other people to come up with the best possible situation. So I think in, in, in really enlightened organizations today, the leaders are trying to promote empathy and collaboration and make sure that the people in their organization develop those skills. And those are skills that I think everybody should develop if they're going to be successful. One other thing that computers can't do is make me laugh quite like you can. So I appreciate that your (laughs) sense of humor is not going to be replaced by an AI machine. Well, that's it for this episode of Three More Questions. Thanks again for tuning in to How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. And I want you to tune in Thursday as we dive into my conversation with Ben Weprin, the CEO of AJ Capital and Graduate Hotels. This guy is one of the best brand builders I've ever talked to. 